police in the morning. Welcome to the fantasy world of Little Nemo, where dreams of enchanted lands and new friends take young Nemo into an exciting, fun-filled adventure through Slumberland. On one unforgettable night, Nemo falls asleep in his usual resistant manner. Soon, with the help of his flying pet squirrel Icarus and his friend Professor Genius, they journey together into Slumberland. Nemo is lovingly embraced by the people of Slumberland, particularly the king, who adopts Nemo and makes him heir to the throne. He is entrusted with two very special possessions, the prized royal scepter and a mysterious key that unlocks all sorts of dark and dangerous secrets. Along the way, Nemo is befriended by Flip, a mischievous troublemaker who convinces the youngster to use the magic key and unlock whatever lurks in the dark. During his journey, Nemo encounters the world of nightmares and uses the magical royal scepter to free the king of Slumberland from the Nightmare King and put an end to the dismal nightmare world. Little Nemo returns to a hero's welcome in Slumberland and flies away into the moonlit sky with Princess Camille. Together, they can now dream happily ever after. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here are B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. Here we are, the final week of June and uh, the final week of Childhood Movies Month. And uh, we took a look at the 1989 film Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland, which is the only movie that I ever shut off because I found it too scary. Yeah, I'd never seen this as a child. So I can't say I ever... Um you know, chicken down in a children's movie. So uh, you heard what the back of the VHS had to say, which is uh, basically, basically the entire, entire movie. <laughs> yeah, they like just go through everything. So let's dive right into the shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. Paul, let's let's talk about the top first. What was good here? All right, you want to go first? Sure. For me, number three, the animation is fantastic, and it really has this like magical quality to it. Like, it, it, it's a slumber world, it's a dream world, and it really feels like it's out of a child's dream. It's just colorful and vibrant, and everything's so crisp and clean. Not something that I really imagined coming out of the late 80s. Number two. The characters are actually all unique, and it's not often you see that in an animated kids' film. You know, you just have character after character that just kind of, like, has the same trope or the same attitude as somebody else. In this one, they all have their own, you know, whatever you want to call it, personalities. And, uh... I mean, they're all still caricatures of characters, but, you know... But, like, you know, it's, instead of having, you know, 30 characters with, you know, all, like, five traits, there's, like, five characters. With five traits. Number one, the final battle with in the Nightmare Land is actually pretty fantastic. Like, there, there's suspense, there's action, there's drama and uh again the animation just makes it all come alive so well all right number three the best character in this movie by far was icarus the flying squirrel he was always saving the day he was the true hero of the story and i wish i had a pet flying squirrel who could sometimes talk and wear you know aviator goggles that would be really cool number two all the unusual characters and creatures throughout the movie and the ones in the background are really made this movie um, really interesting. Gave it an interesting environment. It was fun to watch. A lot of cool visuals, to say the least. And number one, I re- like I, like Corey said, I really liked the ending with the, the um, Nightmare World and the Nightmare King, who's basically just a giant dragon made of darkness. It was really cool to watch. 
So on to the bottom. For me, number three. The incantation to use the staff is ridiculously long. And then, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, the king uses it to heal Nemo without any incantation at all. Like, does the staff need incantations? Does it not? Like, what the fuck is going on with this staff here? He needed more training, but what that training consisted of, we'll never know. It's like Harry Potter. Oh, oh, you can you can say the words and you can learn how to do wordless spells. All those classes were pointless. Number two. So is everything a dream? Was the end of the movie a dream? Is he really going to go to the circus? Does Icarus really live with him and sleep in his bed? Like, like what in this movie was a dream and what was it? Like, is this, is this inception to, like, the ninth level? Like, we've only got to, like, the, the, the fourth or the fifth level towards consciousness by the end of this movie? Like, where are we here? Yeah, and this is one of those films where he keeps waking up and it's like, oh, it's, he's still in the dream. So at the end, I'm like, is he still in a dream? What the fuck's going on? Because at the end, he gets to do exactly what he wanted to do. So you just never know. Number one. The musical numbers in this movie are terrible. And that's just that's one of those horrible traits of 90s movies for children where just because it's a movie for kids, it has to have musical numbers in it. Like, it's not a Disney movie, okay? You don't need the musical numbers. You don't need to follow their formula. Make your own movie. It'll be okay. It reminds me of, like, when we reviewed Scamper the Penguin where the songs are just saying exactly what's going on on screen. It's like, well, wow, it, how, it, how riveting. At least with Scamper, like, the songs were just kind of, like, background music. Like, in this, there were actually like, characters and things singing the songs. And they had to stop the entire plot just to get their little musical number out. Oh, that was it. Oh, that was it. <laughs> Alright. Well, fine. Number three. I thought the ending of this movie was kind of lackluster, to say the least. So, spoiler alert, Nemo wakes up, and that's it. Slumberland was just a dream, I guess. And then his parents say that, hey, let's go to the carnival that you wanted to go to, to for at the beginning of the film. He's, he's not, like, sad that all his, you know, little dream friends are gone, which I guess, yeah, nobody's really sad when they're, when they're dream people like disappear but i mean it was such an epic like journey you'd think you'd be like oh wow like was it real or not instead he's like oh fuck it i'm going to the carnival number two as is the case with most children's movies there's a bunch of arbitrary musical numbers that felt out of place and did little more than interrupt the story none of them were catchy and they were pretty hard to sit through if i'm being honest and number one I know this is a kid's wish fulfillment film and whatever, but there is absolutely no explanation given as to why Nemo has chosen to become the heir of the land of Slumberland, of, you know, all people in Slumberland and, I guess, the waking world. He wasn't related to the king in any way. He hadn't proven himself worthy. He was just some kid who existed. I mean, I guess at the end it's like, oh, well, it's a dream, but, I mean... I kind of feel like there should have been something that made him worthy. Yeah, like the whole thing is like the, the princess invited him to a play date and she sent him some cookies and that qualified him to be the prince. Like, it made no sense whatsoever. Yeah, the king's just like, hey, guess what? This random human boy is going to be my heir. Oh, you've come to play with my daughter? Well, you better marry her. I'm going to fucking murder you. Yeah, I was confused about that. Like, is he expected to marry her now or what? Well, at the like end of the movie, four. they go off on, like, their honeymoon or something. Yeah. On their, 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 
dirigible. How do they say dirigible instead of dirigible? Like, like I, I couldn't. They, they can't even say the fucking word right. I'm just gonna go with airship. So, uh, you know, we really didn't mention uh, the dialogue, which is you know on child level. So uh, let's give this uh, a good old fashioned quote war. Quote war. We'll quote this movie back and forth. You tell us who had the better quotes. Paul, start us off. You invited me here in the middle of the night. I never played with a girl. Oil it up real good. Your underwear is rather cute. Prepare the cannon. I am not finished. Kindly wait your turn. That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this film or anything else you'd like to say, please leave it in the comments below. So it's time to give our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale, 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you give this film? I gave it a 4 out of 10. I also gave it a 4 out of 10. So Little Nemo is the only movie that I ever turned off and never finished because it was too scary. And at four years old, I feel justified in that action. Now, two and a half decades later, I finally finished that movie. It was a strange series of events, one after another, that didn't particularly need to happen until about halfway through the film. Just a kid having fun and fighting nightmares in a dream world, meeting kings and princesses and genius professors and frogmen. The animation and voice acting is actually fantastic, and, you know, even if the lines aren't the greatest... The film comes together as a pretty fun whole. The scenes of the train chase and the nightmare kidnapping King Morpheus are absolutely terrifying in the eyes of a child. It's an interesting piece of 90s animation outside of the realm of Disney. And if you come across a copy, it's worth a watch. Little Nemo's Adventures in Slumberland was a kid's cartoon film that I somehow missed when I was a child. So going into this, I didn't have any nostalgic attachment that could potentially cloud my judgment. That being said, this movie was kind of fun. It had an interesting setting and some cool action scenes. Some moments were exciting, while others were kind of scary. Especially, like as Corey said, when you were four, I'm assuming. The plot jumps around a lot and has absolutely terrible pacing. And since it's a wish fulfillment kids film, there is no actual reason given as to why Nemo was selected as the heir to Slumberland, except that it was all a dream. I think I would have really enjoyed this movie had I watched it, you know, 20 something years, years ago. Watching it as an adult just feels weird. I can definitely appreciate certain aspects of it, but... I just feel like I missed out on the right time to see it. And honestly, it it does say this film was based on like a comic strip of Little Nemo. So I can understand the uh, how the film was made. Like there were little vignettes of like Nemo having like a a small like five minute adventure doing something in Slumberland. And then there would be like a, a fade out and then a fade into another adventure, another little comic strip or vignette. Like, they couldn't just make one coherent movie from beginning to end. It was just, like, a bunch of little skits thrown together until the main plot, which was, like, half the movie. So I think, honestly, it was a bad idea because they could have, like, organized it better or, like, I don't know, made a series or something like that. It just seemed like a weird way to make a film when you're just going to jump around and be like, well, now we're here. Well, now we're over here. Now he's sleeping. Now there are these people breaking into his room. Now he's opening this weird door to, like, you know, some 
nightmare world, it, it and now does, there's like you know police chasing them. That direction does also make a little more sense when you see that the director of Fantasia had something to do with this movie, which was you know a bunch uh, of music videos thrown together and not really a kids film. That makes sense. I like Fantasia. So I think it's time we tell our friends though how to drink away this flick. Drink away this flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away this flick. Boom, 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 boom. We'll give some drinking games for this movie, but remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time someone says pajama, take a drink. Number two, every time Flip is smoking a cigar, take a drink. Number three, whenever Nemo breaks a promise, take a drink. Number four, anytime someone refers to Nemo as a prince, take a drink. And, of course, number five, because it's childhood movie month, every time something invokes a childhood memory, take a drink. Every time Nemo wakes up from a dream, take a drink. Every time you see an animal that isn't a horse pulling a cart, take a drink. Every time Nemo tries to use the scepter but fucks up the spell, take a drink. And every time Icarus speaks actual words, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away this flick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Move related, you can leave us a comment either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at bmoviebros.gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com dash bmoviebros. Follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros or my personal Twitter at bmoviepoll. You can check out all of their con- content, including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website bmoviebros.com. We have new shows each week. If you want to support the show, consider donating to our, to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links provided below. So we've come to the end of the month of June and Childhood Movies Month. Let's rank the films we watched. There were four of them uh, from bottom to top. For me, in the number four spot, Little Nemo. Uh, although it does like hold a spot of childhood trauma for me, just watching it again now, the whole thing, it's an okay movie, but there's just so many unanswered questions. There are so many plot holes, and there are so many little bits that don't really need to be in the movie that it just kind of takes up too much time. At least now you can say you overcame, like, over 20 years of childhood trauma. I have. Number three, The Adventures of Scamper the Penguin. It was a cute film, but I have no childhood attachment to it. And, you know, the songs were just as bad as in Little Nemo, although they weren't, you know, they were just in the background. Number two, Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue. It just, it brought all those iconic characters of the 80s together, all those things from my childhood into one half-hour fuckery of my mind. And number one, the animated version of Phantom of the Opera from 1987, which is actually a very entertaining and, you know, concise film. Like, it has a plot. It follows the plot. It doesn't mess around with filler. It gets you from point A to point B. And the Phantom is a fucking psycho in that. Like, he might be my favorite Phantom, although I've never seen Lon Chaney. Um, as the Phantom, we'll, we'll have to check that out. But yeah, it's, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, number four, I had Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue. Yeah, I, I didn't need all these 80s cartoon characters telling me not to do drugs. That was something I could have got in my life without ever seeing. Number three, Little Nemo's Adventures in Slumberland. I'm sure I would have liked it a long time ago, but I can't know for sure. Number two, Scamper the Penguin. I have a lot of fond memories of watching this film as a kid. It was about what I expected, but, you know, I enjoyed it nonetheless. And number one, Phantom of the Opera, cartoon edition. It was fun. It followed the story relatively faithfully and overall just a pretty decent film. 
Well, next month is July, and that means it's my birthday month, and I get to pick the uh, the theme. Yay, happy birthday, Corey. This year, I'm going with namesake month, meaning that every movie this month has to have a character that shares either mine or Paul's name. Does that mean we have to make a movie where we play ourselves? Maybe. But we're going to start out by watching the movie Demon Wind from 1990, because that's a movie with a Corey in it. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Get on the next call. Fuck, see you in the room.